Jeremiah lives in troubled times. He feels the pain. While everyone else is going along as if nothing's happening. No one seems to notice or care or acknowledge or admit. There appears to be a grand cover-up going on here. The end comes, Judah ends, even though the people, the people think they're secure, their future guaranteed. But guess what? It isn't. Some said it was the great Babylonian power that was Judah's demise. Others said Judah had an inadequate defense system, not enough aircraft carriers, bombs, troops. Jeremiah, though, sees it differently. It isn't a great foreign power that's responsible for Judah's demise. It isn't an inadequate strategic defense. It's because of the sin of the people. The poem that is the text for this morning from the book of Jeremiah is a story of pain, loss, Grief. They are losing a world that they thought would never go away. But the world that they know is ending because they are doing it to themselves. They are the agents of their own demise. They fall apart from within. The witness of the text is that until grief, pain, and loss have been admitted Work through, there is no possibility for newness. Without grief, there is no newness. As I shared with you at the close of the worship service last Sunday, it was Henry Nouwen who said, There is no hope for the future. As long as the past remains unreceived, unconfessed, and, ungive- and unforgiven. This is a story in Jeremiah of a people who've forgotten their way. According to chapter 2, they've forgotten the story of their deliverance from Egypt. They have become practical atheists. They are living as if God doesn't matter. They have forgotten and failed to acknowledge the presence of God in their midst. Woe. Woe to the church that forgets its way. Inevitably, that church will turn inward and eat its own. That's what happens here. Have you ever seen a church turn on its own and eat its own? I have. Trust me, it's not a pretty sight. Earlier in the book, we find that Jeremiah writes in pain, his heart is sick, he grieves, his grief is so deep because the people, the people are too busy, too sure of themselves, too at home with the status quo, too committed to it. They may not notice the dying, but it's all around them. They may deny it, but it won't keep it from happening The only possibility for hope, says Jeremiah, is not to deny loss, grief, death, but rather to acknowledge and grieve. If you heard in verse 12, it's bad. Your hurt 
is incurable, your wound grievous. Then the last part of verse 13, no medicine for your wound, no healing for you. Doesn't get much worse, does it? It's hopeless. A grand cover-up has been going on. Sickness has become the normal, the new normal. And when there's sickness, you and I know that without appropriate diagnosis, there really is very little hope, if any, of healing. You see, all of Judah's lovers have forgotten her, according to the text. And who are her lovers? They are her alternative security systems, her methodologies. When we put our faith in any methodology, any structure, any creed made by human hands, we are in jeopardy of creating an idol because our God said, you shall have no other gods before me. The real reason for the sickness, says the Lord, is because your sins are many, they are great. You have abandoned your first love. You have, you have denied your heritage. You've denied and forgotten your deliverance. You're trading your living water for broken cisterns that hold no water. You've forgotten that I have been with you the whole time. You've pretended that I don't exist. By the end of verse 15, it's over, it's the end, there is no future, the pain is incurable. Why do you cry out over your hurt? Your pain is incurable. There you go. Punishment's coming. The hammer's coming down. You know it. You know it. And then verse 16 begins with that word, therefore. Therefore. And we think, yeah, therefore, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you good this time, says God. I'm going to punish you in a way you'll never forget. Jeremiah's listeners tremble, but suddenly without explanation, God surprises out of the ashes of hopelessness. God is not finished. The voice of threat and punishment now become the voice of assurance. No cover up here, no denying loss, pain, grief. There's been an open and honest diagnosis of the situation. But by the utter grace of God, the incurable are healed. So God who is prepared to abandon in hostility is now the one who embraces in passion. This God comes full circle all the way from terminal illness to powerful healing. From abandoned in exile to luxuriant, luxuriant homecoming. But as long as it's denied, pushed down, ignored, explained away, there will be no healing. Let me ask you this. What kind of therefore will you experience? As a church? As an individual in relationship with others? What kind of therefore will you experience? Will it be the therefore of death? 
or the therefore of healing and life. It might be good for us to hear Isaiah's words. Do not cling to the events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. But let me tell you, the new thing can't happen in your life, in the life of McLean Baptist Church, unless and until you're willing to grieve and forgive and let go. And only then can you experience the new thing that God wants to do in your life and in and through this church. Henry Nouwen was right. There's no hope for the future as long as the past remains unreceived, unconfessed, and unforgiven. Amen.